Appreciate the goodness of God. Mark chapter number four, and I studied uh, studied a message all this week uh, that I was going to preach this morning. I'm just going to preach it tonight, Lord willing. Uh, but last night, um, God put this text on my heart, and uh, I, I was picking about my. wife. I do appreciate my wife. I asked her a lot of. I asked her a lot of advice about things, and I asked her this last night. I said, "Is it wrong um, to preach to needs that you know about?" As your pastor, I know many of you are going through things, and uh, she said, I, th- I think it just shows that you're connected to your folks. And I, um, I asked God to give me something. we got a lot of people going through a lot of things right now. And uh, the Lord put this text on my heart. Um, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I feel like this outline needs a B12 shot. Uh, but I just, I'm just going to give you what, it's very, very simple. But I hope uh, God will use it to encourage your hearts today. Mark chapter 4 and begin reading in verse number 35. The Bible says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. When they sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said, in the sea, said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? If you've been in church any amount of time, you are familiar with this text, with this story concerning Jesus and his disciples being in a storm. This is not the same account in Matthew 14 and John 6 where Jesus came walking on the water. This is a different account, different day, different setting. This is a, se- a separate storm. And that reminds me that there's going to be multiple storms, multiple difficulties in your Christian life. I was hesitant to preach on this this morning because, and I don't mean this wrong, but some guys just preach on storms as a cop-out, not to study. And I don't mean that disrespectful or wrong, but... I, I want to. I, I, if I if I preach a message like this, I want to make sure God's put on my heart because I want to help people, and I really can't help anybody, but this book can, and the Spirit of God can. By way of introduction, there is the setting. What is going on in this text? Well, the setting of this story, Jesus has just concluded a busy day of ministry that involved teaching, preaching, healing, and ministering to the needs of many. I noticed the setting, I noticed the servants. Jesus is not alone in this boat, for he has the twelve disciples with him. They are serving alongside the Lord. The Bible tells us that they get into a ship in verse number 35, and Jesus said, let us pass over unto the other side. He was talking about passing over into the country of the Gadarenes. It was about a six-mile journey across the Sea of Galilee from where they were at to the other side. Now, six miles don't seem long to us, but six miles is a long way in the dark, in a boat, in the middle of the night. That's a long way to go. And we notice that a storm arises in this text. Verse number 37 is my text verse. And there arose a great storm of wind. 
And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. I see three things about the storm in verse 37. First of all, it was a sudden storm. He said there arose a great storm of wind. In other words, it just came from out of nowhere. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Difficulties, problems, circumstances, trials, if you wouldn't. They just seemed to show up out of nowhere. You wasn't planning on them. They wasn't in your Google calendar. Uh, you, you didn't have it planned out for all these things to happen. But all of a sudden, there is a storm in your life. Storms are sudden. It was a strong storm. The Bible said, and the waves beaten to the ship. Not only was it a sudden storm, but these waves are now beating into the ship. They tell us, and we'll say more about it in a moment, but these, this boat that Jesus is on is about 27 feet long and about seven and a half feet wide, and it is about four and a half feet tall on the side. So the waves are at least over five foot to six foot uh, going over into the vessel. This is not just a little rainstorm they're in. This is a great storm. This is a scary storm. The Bible said the waves beaten to the ship so that it was now full. You ever had a sudden storm? You wasn't expecting it? You ever had a strong storm? It was more than you could handle? You ever had a scary storm where you questioned whether or not you were going to make it? I don't know about you, but if I'm in a boat 27 feet long, 7.5 feet wide, 4.5 feet tall, and 6 and 7 and 8 foot waves are crashing in in the dark in the middle of the night with no lights around, I'm going to have a few questions on whether or not I'm going to drown or not. I want to preach on this thought this morning, what to do when you're taking on water. That's exactly what's going on in this text. The storm is no longer around them. Now the storm is getting in their vessel. You see, we're good at handling things that are around us. We can look around us and see those things and it don't bother us as much. But I tell you, when them waves start beating into your boat and the water starts filling up your boat and it's not somebody else's family going through something but it's your family now and it's not somebody else's child but it's your child and it's not somebody else's job but it's your job and it's not somebody else's problem but now it's your problem and now those storms that's been affecting others now it's starting to get into your boat anybody know what I'm talking about? what do you do when you're taking on water? I told you this outline's pitiful but it's the best I got Notice, number one, remember the plan. Verse 35, he said to them, let us pass over to the other side. He didn't say that it wouldn't rain. He didn't say that it wouldn't storm. He didn't say there wouldn't be trouble along the way. But here's what his plan was when he put him in that boat. Boys, we are going to the other side. There's the declaration in this text. He saith unto them. All day long, Brother Charles, he's been preaching to the multitudes. He's been ministering to possibly thousands of people. All but now he turns his precious words to those 12 followers of his and said boys we are going to the other side aren't you glad for those times when God moves and helps a congregation but I'm thankful for those times when God speaks to me personally through his word there ain't a choir around there's not a preacher around there's not a bunch of friends around it's just me and God and God speaks to you the declaration and notice when God spoke to him the Bible said when the even was come when the, it was getting dark outside, it's when God started talking to them personally. Preacher, I don't like the night times. I don't like the night times either. But in this text, Jesus spoke to them when things got dark outside. 
the declaration, notice the determination, let us pass over. I love these words, pass over. Jesus did not want them staying where they were at, but he wanted them to progress in their journey. May I remind you that God did not save you to leave you where you're at. But He desires for you to progress in your Christianity. He desires for you to grow in grace, as Peter talks about in 2 Peter 3.18. Pass over. And notice the destination to the other side. He said, I've got a place. There is some land over there. Now, we can look at this two ways. We could say that I've heard preachers preach the other side being a type and picture of heaven. I understand that, but it really falls off quick because there ain't no maniacs in heaven. All right? Amen. I'm sorry. This is not. I mean, there may be a few ex-maniacs that got saved, but there's no practicing maniacs there. All right? Well, Melvin Austin is there, so there might be one maniac there. All right? But God rest his soul. Amen? But uh, the destination, he, he said, I want to go. There. I don't think that's heaven. I think it's God progressing them, taking them to a new place, taking them to a new spot in their journey. They might grow in the Lord. Where God, where's God taking you? He's taking you somewhere. I preached last Sunday morning. He's working on you, but he's also taking you somewhere. He wants you to grow. What do you do when you're taking on water? I mean, here they are. The waves are beating into the ship. I mean, if they got any sense, they probably, I don't know if they got buckets or what they're doing. They're trying to get the water out of the boat. What do you do when you're taking on water? When the storm starts getting in your boat. I mean, we're good at watching other people. And, Man, ain't that awful? They're going through that trouble. But what are you going to do when the waves start beating in your boat? When you start taking on water. I, I'm not too brilliant. And appreciate you not saying amen there. I'm surprised Patty and Janice didn't have a shouting spell right there. But I do know that water ain't supposed to be on the inside of the boat. You know why the Titanic went down? Titanic didn't go down because it hit an iceberg. Titanic went down because it got water on it. Did you know the swimming pools are still full of water in the Titanic though? You'll get that after a while, amen. But what I'm saying, that's why it sunk. It didn't sink because of the iceberg. It sunk because water got on the inside. You ever felt like you're going down? What do you do when you're taking on water? You better remember, we're going to the other side. God's taking you somewhere. God's got a plan. Why would God save you and bring you this far to fail you now? Don't make sense, does it? Remember the plan. Number two, I told you it's pitiful. Look at it. Look at this. Remember the partners. Verse 36, and when he sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Notice two things. There's the sailors in this text. Within the context, this is the 12 disciples. They've not been lying, cheating, stealing. They've been serving God all day. They, with the exception of Judas Iscariot, they all love the Lord. They're all serving God. They've not done anything wrong to deserve this. But you know what the blessing I find? John wasn't in the storm alone. Peter wasn't in the storm alone. Bartholomew wasn't in the storm alone. But they were in this thing together. And aren't you glad? Even though waves beating the boat from time to time, aren't you glad you're not in this thing alone? I'll get to the Lord in a moment. But aren't you glad that we have one another in the body of Christ? You know what? That In the second Daniel chapter number 3 of Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, when they got cast in the fiery furnace, you know they was not alone in there? I ain't talking about the Lord. I'm talking about Hananiah had Azariah. 
Azariah, had Meshach. They were all, that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you've not read your Bible, all right? They're, they're, that's their Jewish names, amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was their Babylonian names. But they had one another. What do lost people do when tragedy strikes their life? Who do they call? What do they do to seek help? Aren't you glad you can call some people and say, would you please pray for me? Would you bear this burden with me? Would you, would you bear my name before the throne of God? You better remember the partners. There's the sailors. But then notice the ships. And there were also with him other little ships. Not only were they, did they have their boat out there in that storm, but there's other people in boats all around them. In little ships. Smaller than theirs, apparently. And they're in the same storm that they're in. And if they're in a smaller ship, Brother Tony, that tells me they're probably having a harder time than what the disciples are. And I'm going to tell you, when we go through hard times, we better look at other little ships. We can always find somebody else having it harder than what we are. And if we're not careful, we'll get so self-focused in the storm and we'll think we've got it worse. We'll forget there's other little ships out there that's going through things that, are, that is worse than what we have. That's not minimizing your trouble. But it's letting you know there's more. It's not just you. I don't know about you. I, I'll get some of my preacher friends and we'll bear our hearts one another and another. And I'll share things that I struggle with as a pastor. Just, you go home on Sunday. And I'm, not, I'm just letting you little in. You go home on Sunday night and you wonder, did I say this right? Could I have said this better? And they're just things that keep you up at night. And I'll talk to my preacher friends and I'll say, yeah, I, I go through the same thing. I deal with the same thing. Men that I know are much better preachers than I. But you know what? It helps me to know, well, man, I'm not the only one that struggles with that. I'm not the only one that fights those things in my mind. And I want to let you know, you're not the only one that's had to bury a loved one. I'm not minimizing that. But you're not the only one that's had cancer in your family. You're not the only one that's had lost a child. You're not the only one that's suffered tragedy. I'm telling you, there are partners. I'm not minimizing your trouble. Don't misunderstand me. But there are people in here that know they might not have the same exact circumstance, but they've been through some things. Through many dangers, tolls, and snares, we've already come. Remember, you're not alone in this thing. Remember the plan. Remember the partners. Verse 38. Remember his position. I love this now. What do you do when you're taking on water? You better remember where he's at. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. Ain't that interesting? Number one, he's not far. Now, if you're wondering how I cut my finger this morning, I cut it trying to measure this platform this morning. I had the tape measure out and the thing released and it sliced into my finger and I said thank you Jesus, that felt great. <laughs> Amen. This felt wonderful. <laughs> so, and what do you do when you cut yourself? <laughs> Put your finger in my eye. Why'd you do that? I didn't want blood to get all over the carpet. Amen. But I was measuring this platform. Charles, come here. Richie, come here. William, Tony, Travis, Come here, Eric. How many is that? One, two, three, six, seven, eight. Y'all stand up. I need four more. Let's see here. Come here. Let's see. Come here, Matthew. Well, you got you got Abigail. Come here. You boys right here. You three boys. Come on, Uriah. You can come up too. Y'all get up here on the platform. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hurry. Today, I want to go to lunch. The boat was about the size of the from the piano to that wheelchair lift. And it's as wide as from the pulpit to the banister. 
At least I think before I cut my finger. Now, you're not. You're off board, sir. Get on the boat, all right? Man overboard. <laughs> so here they are. Now we got a lot of little guys up here, but even with little guys, you put you put thirteen guys in a boat, twenty-seven feet long, seven feet wide. It's a little cramped. But you know what? It ain't hard to find nobody. You know why? Boat ain't very big. And here they are. That's the front of the boat. Jesus is back. I get to be Jesus because I'm the pastor. And Jesus, amen, Judas. And, and Jesus is, <laughs> Jesus is back here. And he's asleep on a pillow. And the storm, he can't be that far. I mean, they can't all get in the front of the boat. They're going to flip it over. They had to be spread out. If I said, preacher, what are you saying? In your storm, when you feel like you're taking on water, he ain't far. He ain't far away at all. Thank you, fellas. Find your way back to your seat if you can. What I'm saying this morning is in the storms of life, preacher, where's God? He's not far away. He was closer to them than what they realized. He's closer than what they realized. He's not far. He was not fearful. The Bible said he was asleep on a pillow. He was really shook up, wasn't he? He was really bothered, wasn't he? You know what he's doing? He's, he's tired. Been laboring all day. He went to sleep. He wasn't fearful. He had not forsaken them. He didn't do like Brother Eric and jumped overboard. He had not forsaken them when the storm got to raging. I mean, he could have walked on the water. He didn't say, see you later, fellas. No, he was right. By the way, the Bible said he's in the hinder part of the ship. You study that out. That's where the rudder was at. That's the stern. That's what controlled that ship. And he's asleep on the gearbox. And I'm telling you, where's God at? He's, he is right where he's always been, controlling things. They can't, they're professional fishermen, but they don't know from down from up. They don't know which way they're going. Oh, but they knew he wasn't far away. He was there and he was in control. Thank God when the storms are raging and you can't find God and you don't know what you're going to do. He's right where he's always been, honey. He's not far away. He's still in control. You better remember that. Remember his position. Number four, remember to pray. Look at verse 38. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now I know this ain't a great prayer, but it's a prayer. Notice their desperation. And they awake him. You better be desperate if you're going to wake up the Lord. Psalm said he never, never, never slumbers or sleeps. He's finally getting a nap and you're going to wake him up. But you know what? They're desperate. You know what? God will bring storms and difficulties in our life just to get you to him. The desperation. But notice their declaration. And they awake him and say, Master. I saw that this morning. They think they're going to die. They think they're going down. They think they're not going to make it. They feel like that he has failed them. But you know what they still said? Master. They knew he was still the master. Things were not going like they wanted him to go. Things were not, I mean, they're taking on water. But he's still the master. In fact, to make it even, the Bible said the ship was now full of water. And if he's asleep, he ain't sleeping standing up. 
He ain't as good as Brother Eric is. Amen. He's got to be asleep under the water. Somebody said he's had the first water bed. He wasn't sleeping on top of the water. He's sleeping under the water. Tell me, no, you don't have trouble believing that. He walks on it, friends. (laughs) He can probably sleep under it. I mean, can you see him? They're trying to find Jesus, and he's blowing bubbles up. (laughs) And they wake him. Master, notice their doubt. Carest thou not that we perish? By the way, these are, with the exception of Judas Iscariot, who never took his preacher fishing. <laughs> I'm going to ride that horse till she dies, all right? <laughs> we going fishing, that's right. All those men are pretty good. Wouldn't you say those 11 disciples, they all died a martyr's death. They're not just Sunday morning only Christians. I know they all had their favorites, but they're some pretty faithful men. But even they had some doubts. Lord, do you still love us? If you loved us, why would you allow us to... We, we have been ministering all day long. We've been serving God. We have been trying to labor with you all day. And now you're going to let us drown. Anybody ever felt, felt like that before? You've given God your life. You're trying to serve the Lord. And it seems like the more you try to serve the Lord, those that don't care about God, they get all the material blessings. And you're just trying to scrape by. Their health is perfect. And your health is falling apart. I know you're probably retirement, but you look at Keith and Candace. You, you, you don't, I, I don't know any more of a godly couple than Keith and Candace Bowles. I, I, don't, I don't. And what they have went through, and I, I'm, you don't understand that. I don't. But one preacher said, when you don't understand, you just stand under what you know. When you don't understand, you just stand under what you know. You better remember to pray. No, it was not a great prayer of faith. It was not it was not a good prayer. But they did more than what we do sometimes. At least they called out to him. I gotta give them that. I gotta hurry. Remember, remember the the plan. Remember the partners, the position. Remember to pray. Remember his power. Verse thirty nine. He arose and rebuked the wind, said in the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. If you're taking notes, I'll just run through this quickly. There's the rising, and he arose. I love that in verse number 37, there arose a great storm. But in verse 39, there arose a great Savior. Oh, that should bless you. Yeah, a great storm arose, but a great Savior arose. There's the rising, there's the rebuke, and he rebuked the wind. He wasn't intimidated or scared by the storm. He simply stood and rebuked it. I wouldn't recommend you do that. You know why? Because you didn't make it. Notice the response. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm. You see the winds blowing. The waves are crashing. And all of a sudden, I don't think he hollered. I don't think he screamed. I think he said, peace be still. And it laid down. They recognized the voice of their creator. For in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Was not. That includes water. That includes when all things were made by him. You know, it's always been said that a good captain goes down with the ship. But I think that's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. A good captain goes down with the ship. No, a good captain keeps the ship from going down. How would you like a good pilot goes down with the plane? That does not encourage me as a, as a uh, customer of Delta Airlines. I want that Sully guy flying my plane. 
That fellow that landed in the Hudson, I want him to fly me everywhere I go. <laughs> Why? Because he got, he got them people home safely. A good captain don't go down the ship. A good captain keeps the ship from going down. And we have a great captain this morning. He's never been on a boat that sank. Verse 4, I'm almost done. I told you, I'm just, I'm just walking through the verses. What do you remember? Remember the preaching. Verse 40. He said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He just gave them a little, a little, just a little message right there. I mean, they're dripping wet. They're in a rainstorm. Waves are beating in. They're sopping wet. You know what sopping is, right? Soaked. Jesus stood up and said, why are you so fearful? Can you see them looking like a wet cat in a rainstorm? How is it that you have no faith? I'm talking about what we need to do when you're taking the water. Remember that preacher? He, he, confronts their, he confronts their living in fear. How are you so fearful? It is not the will of God for us to live in fear. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm 56, what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I put my trust. I will not fear what the flesh can do to me. Then he also dealt with their lack of faith. How is it that you have no faith? God's people are to live by faith. You know, storms and trials and difficulties have the potential of doing a couple things in your life. Making you a better Christian or making you a bitter Christian. And you know what? You've got the choice. You've got the choice. Am I going to allow this to let me... You know, by the way, oh, oh, don't miss this. You know what this storm did for the disciples? He got them to Jesus. They ain't messed with him all night till trouble come. And it got him to Jesus. God might let some trouble come just to get you back to him. Don't allow the storm to make you bitter. Allow it to make you better. What else do you remember when you're taking on water? Remember his person, verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. Now it's interesting, the word, brother, brother William, I noticed their amazement in verse 41. The word fearful in verse 40 means to be frightened. He said, how is it you're so fearful? But the word, the word for fear in verse 41 means to be in amaze. It gets the idea of reverence. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Same word. They stood back and they were amazed. They feared and said, oh my. And notice their awareness. What manner of man is this? You know what they're saying? We ain't never met a man like this man. That even the wind and the sea obey him. If the wind and the sea obey him, don't you think we ought to? What do you remember when you're taking on water? You better remember the plan. Let's go to the other side. Remember the partners. You're not alone in this thing. There's other little ships. The sailors are with you. Remember. Remember his position. He's asleep on the gearbox. Remember to pray. They cried out to him. Remember his power. He can calm the storm. Remember his preaching. He challenged them and convicted them. Here's the last thing. Remember his person. They fear exceedingly, but... Remember the purpose. Now, the purpose goes back to verse 35. Let us go to the other side. Verse, chapter 5, verse 1, they get to the other side. And when they get to the other side, there's a sinner there. Now, he is a bad sinner. In fact, he is so bad, they couldn't even bind him with fetters or chains. Living in the graveyard. And Jesus stepped off that boat and he fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. 
You know what happened? This old boy got saved. But here's what I want you to look at chapter 5, verse 21. This is that. Look at verse, uh, verse 19. The man wants to stay with Jesus. He says, go home to thy friends and tell them what great things the Lord had done for thee. And he had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish on the campus how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Look at verse 21. And when Jesus was passed over again by ship under the other side. That other side was the original side he was on when he said, let's go to the other side. So that tells me, Brother Charles, he put them boys in that boat. Sailed six miles in the dark through the storm for one man. Who the doctors couldn't help him. The psychiatrist couldn't help him. Society couldn't help him. They had done, they, he'd done stripped all of his clothes off, cutting himself, living in the graveyard. Nobody else could help him. But the purpose wasn't about the disciples. There's an old sinner over there. That's on his last leg. And, and this is Montgomeryology, but could it be that night living in that graveyard, he looks out on that Sea of Galilee and sees that boat as a lightning flash about to go down. And all of a sudden, whew, lays like a sea of glass. Why? In the, somebody says, I don't believe that. Why? How in the world? Why in the world was he at the foot of that boat when it landed on the shore? If he can calm a storm like that, I wonder if he could calm a storm like me. You see, your storm may not even be about you. God might put you through things for the benefit of somebody else. Can God trust you with a trial? Can God trust me? Boy, I hope he can. I, I don't want him to test me. Y'all pray for me. You, must, you just may want trouble. I really don't want trouble. But I hope if God put me in a place of trouble that through my faithfulness to the Lord and trying to live for God that it might bring somebody else to the Lord. Don't get bitter at God. What are you going to do when you start taking on water? It's easy to see other people going through things. But boy, that's terrible. What are you going to do when that water starts getting in your boat? Just remember, look back. Don't forget, God's faithful. Let's stand together. I appreciate your attention. I preached 29 minutes.